And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, this might be our biggest show of the year so far, and I know that you're just started, but still, it's big. <laughs> it's like, what, our second show into the year? And that's already pretty I know, big. Right? I know, right? I had to take last week off because of a family emergency. Thank you, everyone, for uh, bearing with us on that one. Uh, of course, when I say it's the biggest show of the year, I'm naturally talking about uh, me getting a haircut and nothing else. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. I got a PlayStation 5, finally. That's why it's the biggest show of the year. Yeah, that's all we're going to be talking about this week. Nothing else. Just, just this. All we're going to be talking about. It's it, it's Space Age. The uh, whole interface <laughs> is different. I like it. There's almost zero load time. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm fucking around, of course. We're going to be talking about James Gunn and the brand new slate of DC film and TV projects. But of course, before we get into any of that, it's been a week, Matt. We didn't do a show. Uh, how have you been? How have you been keeping? I've been pretty good. Been pretty good. I've been playing as well, like PlayStation 5 as well. I've been playing the new uh, Dead Space. Yeah, you were saying. I'm hearing nothing but good things about that. It's it's really good. If 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 you if you had to choose between that or Callisto Protocol, the new mm. IP, choose Dead Space because Callisto Protocol isn't too good. That's what I'm hearing, and isn't that amazing? Like, when does that ever happen? When does like, or actually, I guess it's happening more now than you think. When the original creator makes a new IP and it's not great. And like the big evil faceless company does a rebake, remake, reboot sequel, and it's actually better. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Again, what was that? What was that thing from the Mega Man guy that at Mighty Number no. Nine? I yes. guess we'll call it the Mighty Number no. Nine effect. Yeah, where that game didn't come out for a long, long time, then it did, and everyone fucking hated it. And, and too rightly, it. it was it was really crap. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you got a good Mega Man game like right after, which no mm. one expected. Yeah. And now no Mega Man games. <laughs> hey, we're not saying they stayed good forever, the evil faceless company. We're saying they had one win in there. <laughs> That's good. I'll have to check that out. There's a lot of uh, new games on the PS5 I want to play. I should check out Dead Space, like you said. Obviously, I want to play the new Yakuza Ishin when that comes out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there's like quite a fair few games on the, uh, the PlayStation Plus thing that mm -hmm. they have that that are that are uh, pretty decent i don't use that all too much just because i own most of the games that are on there already right most uh, most impressively enough when i popped it in there it's like hey would you like to play some of your ps4 games that are cross compatible and digital and i'm like mm -hmm. oh that's great i can play fallen order and i can play elden ring and guardians and all these ones that i bought yeah and all of those i'm pretty sure have like ps5 upgrades or like free upgrades yeah yeah, there's uh, also a really good uh, sale going on right now, the Critic Sale on PlayStation Plus, so I can get a good deal mm. on a lot of games that I haven't played, really uh, really build my library. Yeah, yeah. Though though slowly, of course, because even though I can still get a P PlayStation 5, they're still not exactly cheap. I think I spent my entire tax return on it. <laughs> it's worth it. You've now got, like, that's going to last you a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm upgraded, man. I'm upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, of course, everyone, we are a comic book news show. We talk about comic book news and probably the biggest news bomb of the year. One of the biggest news bombs in a long time was dropped this Tuesday when James Gunn came down from the mountains with his snow white hair and his glowing green eyes. And he foretold to us the future of the DC universe. Yes, the, the hierarchy of the DC universe uh, <laughs> is about to change. And it did. Just not For in real the way The Rock 
decided it was going to. <laughs> I, I, I kind of love, like, even just in how they chose to announce this news, you can see that there has been a total change in how they mm. do things at a studio level. Absolutely. Like, they didn't they didn't have to put a whole convention together. They didn't have to do, like, a big, you know, reveal event or whatever. James nope. Gunn just literally came out on a Tuesday with a camera and told us all about it. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have to do, like, like, like at Fandom, where they had, like, that whole cgi thing with the rock and like the whatever where he did the hierarchy speech and yeah none of that shit it it feels like you know and again maybe they had this conversation maybe they didn't but i wouldn't be surprised if at one point gun and saffron that's his name right peter saffron yeah, peter saffron yeah saffron if they got together and said look everyone already kind of views us as the underdogs anyway in this situation so let's embrace our underdog nature and make it part of our identity let's just come and talk to the people i'll wear a t-shirt and it'll just be a very frank discussion and i like that yeah no i like that it was just very like a very simple like he because i think the day before the actual announcement is when he told like journalists they all went to like yeah. wb and they got uh, told so they could have their stories ready for for when it was fully announced but then yeah he put out that video which is just him going hey these are what we're doing this is what it's kind of going to be like hope you enjoy it that's that's smart i like the way they're doing it here they're kind of having their cake and eat it mm -hmm. too and also never before has it been more apparent what i think gun and saffron's roles are as a duo because that was one of the things where it's like oh they're going to be co-producers and co-heads well how is that going to work well mm -hmm. i think i know exactly how it works now uh james gunn is your friend is your cool uncle who gives you the good news that you want to hear and banks on all his good years of work and fan following at the other company and peter saffron is the bad company who comes out and tells you things like a oh, Batgirl shouldn't have come out anyway because it would have hurt the brand and uh, Ezra Miller is still going to be the Flash moving forward. Thank you, bye. <laughs> Which you can basically feel, uh, what is it, Zaslov's pistol at his head. Say it, say the things. <laughs> yeah, behind the, the curtain, th yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, you know what? That's a smart way to do it, to have a good cop and a bad cop. You know, one guy to tell you the things you want to hear, the things to make you excited, and another guy to tow the company line. Yeah, and it also is, is good as well just because, like, it's not all on one person then. It's not, exactly. like, not all the pressure is on one person. Yeah. Uh, sp speaking of uh, The Flash 2 and Ezra Miller, I actually found out an interesting piece of uh, contractual law in Hollywood that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Apparently, if you are in rehab, which Miller is now, if you are actively seeking, you know, help for whatever ails you, the studio can legally not fire you. That's like a SAG yeah. contract thing. Kind of makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's why, and we had theorized this before, why they're playing so nice with Miller, because they literally cannot fire them even if they really want to until they finish rehab. Well, as well, they don't want to tell people, hey, this movie we spent probably over $500 million on in terms mm -hmm. of like reshoots and shooting and everything. Don't go see it. It's not going to matter. We're going to fire it, everyone involved. You know, don't worry exactly. about it. They're not just going to say that. And that, and that was the thing that Gunn kind of like, you know, snuck in at the beginning of his thing. Like, yeah, we're going to talk about all these great new projects. We got so much stuff coming down the pipeline. But also, hey, be sure to see uh, Flashpoint, which, you know, leads into our new universe. And, oh, uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods is a lot of fun. And Aquaman's going to be good. And Blue Beetle's going to be good. But on to the new stuff. <laughs> it's, it's funny how he was sure to put that in there to be like, but also, please don't not see these other movies, yeah. even though our actors are going to go out of their way to make 
make sure you don't see them. <laughs> yeah, they'll do everything in their power. <laughs> Boy, maybe that's why James Gunn went all white so quickly, where it's like, wait, I inherited what problem? <laughs> oh, fuck, and I thought working with Chris Pratt was hard. Jesus, Chris, Chris Pratt never really said anything stupid. He was just inferred to be stupid. <laughs> yeah, somewhere Chris Pratt's across the aisle being like, you guys are doing it wrong. <laughs> You don't say the thing. You just make people think you say the thing and think the thing. <laughs> but yes, as I mentioned before, uh, James Gunn charted out what the next eight to ten years is going to be for the DC Cinematic Universe. And we're not having phases. That's a Marvel thing. Get that out of your mind. We're not doing phases. We're doing chapters. And chapter one is called Gods and Monsters. Yes, the subtitle of one of the chapters from uh, The New Frontier. Hey, how about that? And also that animated movie they did uh, where uh, they kind of yeah, changed everyone around wasn't very good yeah no, no, no one remembers that one even though they went like really hard yeah on they, that they really advertised it really hard didn't they comic tie-ins animated shorts they really thought that was going to be their own injustice and then it just wasn't yeah <laughs> now i have all the announced titles in front of me here though i've actually kind of moved them around in order i tried to put movies in one side tv in another animation in another mm-hmm they also mentioned gaming, but then announced no games. Yeah, well, I imagine they don't. Well, again, like, this isn't the whole slate. There's, no, there's still not. more uh, to come, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's called Gods and Monsters, and the first thing that they kicked off with is, you know, something that I'm sure they had to talk about. What are you going to do with Superman? Well, we're calling it Superman Legacy. It's coming out in 2025, and Gunn is already in the process of writing it. Yep, yep, they basically... Like, I think he even said in, like, the little press conference that, like, oh, yeah, Cavill, like... We never had a deal with Cavill. Yeah. Like, which is, which is like hilarious because like everyone's like, oh, the, the Rock brought him back and everything. Like, no, the Rock no, he didn't. bullied people into having him have a cameo yeah. in the hopes that they would give him a contract. Rehired. They didn't. Yeah. 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 The Rock had no power and authority, which makes, again, Cavill look kind of stupid that yeah. he agreed to do it on a wing and a prayer. But then again, you're reminded that Cavill's manager is also the head of the Rock's production company and his ex-wife. He seemed kind kind of squirreled he seemed kind of bamboozled on the whole thing yep yep gave up time playing the witcher you know to do this <laughs> yeah well you know he's he's gonna be doing his warhammer movie so i guess it all worked out yeah we'll see if that actually happens <laughs> we'll see if that happens but yeah so we're getting superman superman legacy i feel like that name might change i feel like they really wanted to call it all-star superman because they showed the famous cover from all-star superman yes and gun has said on twitter that the stories that he showed in like the video of like the art like all-star superman and earth one green lantern and mm. everything they're not adapting those stories they're adapting the tone and feel of those stories not the actual plots right. thank god because all-star superman is like the last superman story you make it, when, you, when you're resetting a universe you don't do that as your first superman story it's a lot it's a lot to take in it's a little unfilmable because you know it's basically just a bunch of segments it's a bunch of segments and then superman dies at the end and becomes the sun he goes to fix the sun yeah which i love but uh, yeah that's smart and also too as we've seen with uh gun's other uh dc projects that he's worked on the suicide squad references classic suicide squad yep. stories in theme and feel and everything but it's not adapting anything particular yes. likewise with peacemaker takes a lot of ideas takes a lot of characters fuses some stuff together even yes yes so that's pretty cool. 
Yes, I'm, I'm very excited to to see what he has cooking, especially if he's going to use All-Star Superman as that sort of look and feel because it has, thanks to Frank Quidley's art, a very distinct look to it and, Absolutely. and the look to the DC world in it. Yeah, no doubt. One of my favorite Superman shots, it's the one from the cover where it's just Superman sitting, you know, comfortably and casually. Yeah, yeah. yeah just casual superman and i think too in like the same press release article it's like yeah we just want to have a superman who's a good dude yeah he said he wants to have a superman who's kind in a world that doesn't like kind yeah that's that's all i've ever wanted for the superman movie that's all i want thank you and i'm glad it's coming out in two years yeah it's not that far away at all yeah that's great that's great yeah i'm i'm all on board for its superman legacy you know hey bring it on yeah. uh of course you can't have batman or you can't have superman news without a piece of batman news uh they were sure to say that you know the batman series that's going on right now that and joker they're going to continue to be their own thing so we're going to be getting another new batman in batman the brave and the bold which hey it's cool that they dug that title up yeah and just like the superman one it's not going to be an origin it's just gonna it's gonna be a little bit into batman's career and we're gonna pick up batman is yeah yeah exactly it's like you don't need to know his his backstory again and uh and yeah we're just gonna pick up with him uh dealing with his son damien Yes, perhaps the biggest addition and perhaps one of the biggest mic drop moments is, yes, Batman is going to finally have a Robin on the big screen. It's something you and I have been campaigning for forever on this show, basically since we started, because it's like, what else can you even do with Batman, especially because you have the Pattinson, the Batman series, which is, as you know, dark and more serious and more, you know, detective comics. You should go brighter and crazier and more out there. And what better way to do that by finally accepting robin yeah and not only that 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 also implies that if they follow like how it is in the comics when damien came in that also implies that like the rest of the robins and like the bat family are a thing already which is probably a great way to do it because it's like hey are we going to learn about them yeah probably in their own movies or tv shows or comics or video games or anything else we end up doing exactly yeah, to have the Bat family already be big and full and a chance to learn about, I think that would be exciting for people. And yes. also just, yeah, I mean, just, man, I just wanted that for so long to have a Robin. And I think Damien is the way to do it because it's like, yeah, he's a kid, but he's a kid the audience doesn't have to worry about because he's been raised by assassins. He's also kind of an asshole. So they're being a little yep. subversive in that we have a kid's sidekick, but he ain't your granddaddy's Robin. No, not at all. Yeah, he's, he's a Robin who says fuck, probably. <laughs> he, he says slurs on Fortnite, yeah. <laughs> oh no, probably. <laughs> let's let's face it, I, Damien's totally that kid. I saw a post that said like like the the kid whoever whoever the kid turns out to be who plays this character is like uh, whoever he is is out there right now calling someone a slur on Roblox. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's my question too. What uh, what Stranger Things kid do you think is going to get to play him? <laughs> uh, well, I have a feeling if if like Gunner's involved, it's probably going to be an unknown or someone like someone new. I just hey. hope as well they actually cast like a uh, like like a Middle Eastern. Mm, uh, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, it depends on what they do with Talia, but I have to imagine. Yeah, someone keep, biracial. Yeah, yeah, they'll keep her uh, origins of being, you know. Uh, is it Chinese Arabian or something? Or it's, something it's hard to tell with the Al Ghouls because they're is, so yeah. old. Yeah. 
they're like technically we predate the countries and cultures that came up yeah, after yeah. us so it's hard to but yeah i like that some biracial casting for jamie because he is not a hundred percent white he is Ooh. at least half not white yeah and the comics and artists often forget that part of him they do <laughs> I think that would be super cool and super fun. And yeah, like you said, we'll get to get into some race stuff. We'll get to get into some Talia stuff. There's a lot of great places you can go just by introducing Robin. Yeah, we're going to have Batman fight Ra's al Ghul in the desert, like shirtless, shirtless with swords. That'd be fucking awesome. Again, man, if you're going to recreate famous images, you got to recreate that one. Mm, yeah money money right there now wonder woman it didn't sound like she was going to be getting a movie per se but the amazons are going to be getting a whole show in paradise lost which is kind of an interesting idea it's almost like them saying look everyone knows batman and superman's history inside out but wonder woman actually has so much interesting and compelling backstory that your average audiences don't know so let's actually mm. flesh that out before we actually meet wonder woman that's an interesting idea that is as well as it, it he did say it's it set before the movie so like wonder mm. woman technically is still carrying on but as well i could see this also being it's like okay this is the basis of like we can make a new wonder woman yeah you know because you can you start like at this with like the history and stuff and then go into like maybe a new movie or something well, I mean, I was thinking, I mean, like, the main character has to be Apolita, right? We got to learn about Wonder Woman's mom, and that show has to end with her, you know, making her deal with the gods and, you know, forging her daughter out of clay. I would just, again, the, you know that great first 15 minutes of that animated Wonder Woman movie? Just stretch that out for a couple seasons. Do you reckon, do, <laughs> do you, what origin of for Wonder Woman are they going to have? Uh, did the movie, did the, I can't even remember if the first movie, like, went into it all too much. I know she was a little girl girl she was like, a demigod yeah yeah so do you reckon they'll like redo it and it's like ah she's now made of clay well the comics have reintegrated the clay origin i know you just read that lazarus yeah. uh tie which doesn't make there. sense because her actual wonder woman book doesn't mention that at all well it's back now heracles remembers <laughs> heracles was there <laughs> well philip kennedy johnson wrote that and if he's what if he says it goes it goes <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll see more about it in that Shazam Wonder Woman crossover, but it looks like they're like, hey, we're, we're not doing the Gal Gadot movies anymore. We changed it basically just to service that when, uh, what was it, when uh, Greg Rucka was on the book, mm. he sought to imply that the Clay origin was real. And then like literally as soon as he left the book, it's like, no, nah, it's not. And no. then the movie <laughs> came out and I'm like, ah, he clearly got voted down. Yeah, yeah. But I like the idea of an Amazon show. I think there's so much cool stuff you could fill in, like I said, with Ares and Heracles and all the different gods and monsters and everything. I think that would be a kick-ass TV exactly. show. Exactly, and as, as Gunn explained it, it's going to be like uh, Game of Thrones, but on Themyscira, which is really cool. Love it. All the different uh, Amazonian factions and all the different, you know, cults, I'm sure, and everything. My only question is... Who will Lucy Lawless be playing? Who can we get her in there as? Because if you don't cast Lucy Lawless in this show, you're leaving money on the table. Yeah, bring Linda Carter back. I know she was in the yeah. post credit scene of that second Wonder Woman film, but like, bring her back as fine. someone else. Bring her back as someone else. Uh, she should be Hera. She should be Hera. Ooh, is who yeah. she should be. Yeah. Even if she's just the voice of Hera or something, that's what she should be. I think that would be fine. Yeah. So when Wonder Woman says, you know, Hera help us or Hera why, that's who she's referencing. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many great actresses you could bring in that. Yeah. 
I think that's cool because it's a show where it's like, no, it's going to be basically an entirely female cast. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of good places you could go with it. Yeah. Uh, gr- we got Green Lanterns, which, you know, Green Lantern has been in such a weird place, such a weird limbo in the DC sphere. We were supposed to get like a whole other HBO Max show that never happened. Yeah, uh, run by G- Greg Berlanti. And apparently that like, I-, I swear that thing was starting to be filmed already. I swear, I, so I swear it was like halfway through filming or something, but apparently it wasn't. So like they just like nixed it and just like went separate ways with them, and they're starting up this new one, which sounds a lot better and is a lot seems a lot more focused because that 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 show went from uh, an anthology mm-hmm. to only focusing on uh, Jay, and then yep. I think it switched back to okay, we're gonna have a couple more lanterns be the focus as well. It couldn't decide what it wanted to be. Yeah, it felt like it changed its mind several times over. And I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know about this anymore. But yeah, the pitch Gunn had for it, he's like, it's going to be True Detective, but with a science fiction bent, which is hilarious because the first season of True Detective actually did have a weird sci-fi freaking uh, Lovecraft sort of thing, yeah. yeah. Lovecraft horror bent to it. So I'm like, okay, this might actually work then. And it's going to be a Hal and John buddy picture, which again... Which, which screams to me they couldn't decide which one and someone just threw up their hands and said, fuck it, we'll just do both at the same time. And it's like, okay, both is fine. Yes, I, I'm, I'm really ha- I'm happy that Hal is finally getting to uh, be on the big screen again by someone mm-hmm. other who's not fucking <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, I'm I, so happy to see uh, John there as well. Absolutely. I, I think as like longtime geeks that we are and like big fans of Green Lantern, part of us always felt bad that Green Lantern is kind of the patient zero for the dysfunction at Warner Brothers in DC. <laughs> like had it worked, everything would have been so different. But yeah. the fact that it didn't change everything and Warner Brothers has been trying to chase that failure and make up for it forever. So, yeah, it would be nice if Green Lantern and especially Hal got a redemption story. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Gunn did say that like their story is going to tie into the larger uh, yeah. story being told in this first chapter. He didn't allude to like what the like no, what didn't. all of this is culminating in, but I have to imagine it will be some big threat. And yeah. w- when it comes to lanterns, I think like oh maybe maybe Black Hand, maybe Necron, yeah. someone like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great spaceship, the Dominators, you know, Mm. there's all sorts of shit that you could have there where it's like, oh, they, they in their investigation end up finding just, you know, a tip of the iceberg of some like big evil alien plot or conspiracy. The White Martians. Manhunters. Manhunters. Oh, Manhunters. Yeah, Weapon, Weaponeers of Quad, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so much great shit that you can just wholesale steal from Green Lantern. Hell, Vandal Savage actually started as a Green Lantern villain. There you go. There you go. People forget that. There's so much stuff that, like, started in a Green Lantern book and ended up going elsewhere. Yeah. He, he also seemed to imply that this was going to be a terrestrial adventure. So we're <laughs> not going to be leaving Earth on this one. We're going to be dealing with alien stuff probably will get to space if they ever get to the movies or in a second season to up the ante yeah i i also like that i also implies we're probably going to be picking up with hal and john as lanterns already yeah like we probably won't get their origin might get john stewart's origin just because we haven't had that told in live action and they probably don't want to confuse people it's like no he's not fucking diggle on arrow or yeah. anything like that or anything yes please 
again, if they are using True Detective as a basis, I wouldn't be shocked if they told the story out of order mm-hmm. or if we got like a bunch of different flashbacks. Yep. Yep. You know, here's Hal in the Air Force, here's John in the war, here's, mm-hmm. you know, him trying to do some architect stuff. Yeah, and I also like the idea that the whoever they cast for this are gonna be in the films as well. Kind of like yes. like a Marvel TV sort of thing where like the people who are in the TV shows go on to be in the movies and stuff like that. It's very interesting because, yeah, that's also what Gunn said. It's like, look, you know, we're what we're doing is full integration, you know, except for the stuff that was already in the multiverse like Joker and the Batman. Everything is going to be connected. Movies, TV and games. Again, I keep coming back to that, that he said the games will eventually be canon to this as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, I guess this is what you have with the benefit of foresight where it's like, you know, Disney eventually worked up to with the Marvel Universe integrating TV shows and everything else. Mm-hmm. And they kind of gave a roadmap of how it works. Now, because they're restarting their universe, they're like, well, not all of these have to be movies or some of these might not have to start as movies. They might actually do better as an eight episodes of TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen with Peacemaker, James Gunn can do some fucking great TV. (laughs) He fucking can, yeah. Some great TV with a lot of stuff that ends up actually spinning back into the movies and being Mm -hmm. important. Yep. Things like, hey, funny enough, Waller. Yes, that Waller show with Viola Davis that they were talking about is actually going to be coming. And I'm so psyched for it. Yeah, it was kind of obvious this was going to stick around. Because, again, this this is probably going to be almost like peacemaker season 1.5 like set between us between them yeah like he even said you know this will be you know viola davis's adventures with members of peacemaker Mm -hmm. or team peacemaker stopping by so probably economist probably you know gun's wife yeah (laughs) yeah because because they worked for waller anyway and peacemaker was just kind of them you know living out a punishment so now they get to kind of come back and everything yeah i wonder <laughs> i wonder if they'll they'll follow on the little plot thread from black adam where like because guns wife guns wife her, her character Ooh. she was like running that hardcore like, yeah she was like running that prison that that uh black adam gets sent to and oh, like, really yeah she she was like running she she appears in the movie and she like she talks with the jsa when they deliver uh black adam to him and he breaks out of that prison but like I think everyone else does as well in that prison. So interesting. So yeah, I don't know whether that'll be a a, a through line. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll see. I've still never seen Black Adam, but I might have to just watch the hardcore parts for continuity. <laughs> uh, uh, we got some stuff in the chat here. Nerdy mastermind Viola Davis is a queen and an amazing actress. Very excited. Agreed. I'm glad she gets her flowers. Yes. I'm glad she gets to lead a show after being such a good sport through that first Suicide Squad and everything. I'm glad she stuck around. And like Waller is just such a fucking fascinating character. And they yeah. got like. And they got, like, one of the writers from, uh, what is it, from that Watchmen show, which I've also not seen. And they got someone else really good to help show run it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Also, Michael Reese helping us out. Uh, is anyone else worried uh, them putting the Green Lantern show on Earth might be because they want to cheap out? Warner Discovery is trying to save money these days. I mean, I mean I wouldn't, I'm not too concerned, especially because there's quite a fair few uh, uh, Green Lantern stories that do take place on Earth it's true like that green lanterns book with jessica and simon was like exclusively on earth that's true it was and like a lot of early hal stories so i think yeah. it's more a matter of them not wanting to go too big and too cosmic too early too quickly, i think they want yeah. to try and build up to it yeah they they don't want to do fucking 
dark side and all that shit in the second film in you exactly. know build up to that sort of stuff and also they might have a good reason as to why they're staying mm. on earth yeah yeah again they could always have a good reason yeah. like you, you know oh we're well the, the reason is hal and and john are uh, Earth's there. That's their sector. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Them going jobs. off into space in deep space, you know, not being on Earth, you know, it doesn't make much sense if this is their sector. They they could also have a reason too, where it's like, oh, we've never had two Green Lanterns on Earth at the same time before. The Guardians say you have to stay here and work this out before you can go out to space again. Yeah, and maybe that maybe it might end with one being the space guy and one being the Earth guy. I wouldn't be shocked, and that's okay with me, also. Yeah. Now, more stuff on the show front. Booster Gold is finally getting a show after several, several times of almost getting a show and almost getting a movie showing that James Gunn is a fan and that he's listened to people. It's like, look, we're finally going to do something with Booster Gold. I know the concept writes itself. (laughs) It does. It really does. And I'm sure someone had to grab him by the arm and go, no, you can't cast Chris Pratt in that role. You can't cast Chris Pratt in that role, but I want (laughs) to. Come on, lovable asshole, come on. (laughs) I want to do it. It'd be so good. (laughs) But yeah, looks like he's getting a show. Looks like everything you like about Booster Gold is intact. Gun, again, made it very clear that he understands the appeal of the character, a loser in his time who comes back in time to try and, you know, uh, become famous and become a great hero. Yeah, it's great. It's great, uh, great, great, um, uh, premise and everything and i just i really hope as well they keep it set in like because it's set in metropolis and he's inspired by mm-hmm. superman and all that sort of stuff yeah i'd like them to keep all that sort of stuff opens a planet krypton restaurant <laughs> yeah yeah uh speaking of things that probably should have been a big deal by now but weren't because of you know fuckery outside the hands of those in control swamp thing is getting a second kick at the can which is like good yeah it's getting i believe it was a movie right yes yeah movie uh and there's been like heavy heavy implications that james mangold is going to be doing although i think it's been announced he is actually going to do it good yeah the logan guy yeah the guy who's who's currently just uh, getting ready to uh put out his indiana jones film oh which looks really good actually Mm. excellent excellent choice too because again you look at swamp thing and how important it is for transforming the genre of comics and how important it was to the success of vertigo it's mm-hmm. like man these stories are such transformative classics that like should have been adapted a hundred times over but never were yeah yeah or were and like were really shitty because they were like it's really just, cheap productions like that old swamp thing show and the old cartoon and even the hbo show which again got canceled because of a fucking tax form problem yeah, yeah a fucking paper error yeah paperwork air there's just so much great material there that is to be gleamed and to be mined and again james gunn coming in thinking like how a fan would in this situation be like no no this this stuff is excellent again we barely have to try it's all just here for us yeah we don't have to re uh reimagine like vastly reimagine everything to make it work it's it's literally there there's a book right there that that writes itself (laughs) 
Also, too, Swamp Thing being one of the monsters in this Gods and Monsters mm -hmm. pitch. I like the idea seems to be with this whole, you know, chapter one that they're doing. Hey, you're going to get Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. You're going to get the Trinity. You're going to get the Pillars. But we're also going to screw around with other crazy ideas. You're going to get a Waller show, a horror show with Swamp Thing, a sci-fi comedy with Booster Gold. And the general thinking here seems to be like, look, you know, we can't just keep going back to the Justice League well, especially after the last time we just did that. <laughs> We need to make big hits out of our smaller tier characters because shit, if Eternals and Shang-Chi and everything else and Ant-Man can be these big successes on their own. Yeah, hell, Gunn fucking made the Guardians of the Galaxy a household name. If anyone understood the importance of building up your C&D list and making them household names and knowing that people come in with less baggage and less preconceived notions, it's yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Exactly. Which, good on him for understanding that. Uh, Captain Kuhn helping us out. Working theory, ATM is they're going to build the Blackest Night since Swamp Thing can introduce the Green Lanterns, can show the other mm. cores, then do Animal Man in the second half of Chapter 1 for the Red. Ooh, interesting, that's right, because Swamp Thing has so many connections to so many other characters and mm -hmm. concepts that debuted in Swamp Thing, like the Red, like Animal Man, like John yep. Constantine, who actually appeared first in a Swamp Thing story. Yeah, is that fucking... Keanu Reeves' second Constantine uh, yeah. movie is still happening. I haven't heard about anything from it until it was uh, announced. Yeah. That, that, I don't know if that's actually going to be happening now. I mean, that's also so just goddamn different from the actual comic Constantine. I feel like that's you could true. probably do both. That's true, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, getting into some crazier ideas that we're doing, because, like, Swamp Thing, like, that makes sense, but some ideas that I was not expecting, this one actually made me do a double-take. Apparently, one of Gunn's dream projects that he wanted to do for this, and he's putting it in Chapter 1, they're doing a goddamn authority movie. They're yes. doing goddamn Warren Ellis's authority. Yes, yes, very exciting. <laughs> it's exciting, and it's fucking wild, too, because it's like, whoa, that team was meant to be, like, a parody deconstruction of not just the Justice League, but comics in general. Is this... Did, did you look at the success of the boys over on Amazon and be like, well, what if we do our own deconstruction? What if we beat them to it? What if we make fun of ourselves? Well, not, not only that, but I also get little bit of a feeling my gun might not have meant it but it is also meant to be like how oh, we're gonna make fun of fucking snyder and his bullshit a little bit yeah where it's like look you know we can make fun of the things that happened in the past and we can be a little too hip for the room also you know gun seemed very interested in exploring the bigger themes and ideas of the authority when he said you know they're mm -hmm. heroes who believe the world is broken and that only they can fix it by you know like killing people and shit and not being traditionally heroic yeah again something that's kind of quite meta to dc because like ah oh, dc's like movie world at the moment is very broken and you got these heroes who want to come in and just force every like kill everything and like f like kind of take over and everything i think that's yeah, interesting and, and do it their own way absolutely that could be a very very interesting kind of like arm of that universe i mean shit you play it right you could again because this will be existing in a world with superman you could basically do your own take on what's so funny about truth mm. justice in the american way with the authority standing in for manchester black and his crew and then you can you can by a natural progression of character development have the authority become kind of like how they are currently where like yeah. they they've turned on their ways and like because of like their their like adventures with superman they've decided yeah. hey no superman's way is like actually the way to do things 
yeah, you can soften them. And again, to, you know, I, I know there was an article making the rounds being like, hey, now that Gunn runs the whole show, will his shows and his work have as much bite in them as the Suicide Squad did and as Peacemaker did? Because Suicide Squad just straight up said like, yep, American government's the villain in this one, everyone. They're the bad guys. They're using unsanctioned prison labor to, you know, attack a foreign power. You know, isn't that fucked up? Yep, yep. And then Peacemaker's like, yo, let's actively go and punch Nazis and let's have, you know, white supremacists be our main villains and shit. Have Christopher be essentially a reformed white supremacist who has to go through all this change and evolution to, you know, better understand himself and unlearn that thinking. Yeah, and then who was also used as like a, an, a scapegoat by the by the government. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's like, no, no, you know, he, he really is like a terrible person. He did all this stuff. We didn't do any of that sort of stuff. They... They also address climate change and then even circle back to the idea of negative and positive peace and be like, well, maybe peacemakers should have actually let the aliens complete their plan because God knows us humans won't be able to save ourselves. (laughs) God, Peacemaker has like so much going on under the hood. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, we got some more super chats here. Tevia, do you think we'll get authority versus JLA? Well, I mean, they'll have to do something with the JLA first. I know they technically yeah. exist. Not right away, no. Yeah, not right away, they won't. Uh, Mike Reese, authority feels like a peace offering to the Snyder fans. Maybe, but again, it's also a parody <laughs> deconstruction. So, I, like, it's a it's a peace offering they, wrapped in a middle finger. They, they won't fucking understand that. that. I said, like, when it was first announced, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna find out about who Midnighter is and be like, holy yeah. fuck. I love this character. He looks fucking awesome. Mm. He's killing people. Yep. And the first thing he's going to do in the film is kiss his husband. <laughs> and yep. they're going to flip shit. Very much. <laughs> and they're just going to yeah. flip shit. <laughs> I'm really excited for that too, that, you know, my mom, you know, general audiences will eventually learn all about Midnighter, the superhero leather daddy with a computer in his brain <laughs> who's kind of a parody of Batman and is, you know, in love with his longtime husband, Apollo, the Superman of this world. <laughs> oh, and he kills people and will completely completely wreck your shit <laughs> i think there's like a whole generation of like gay comic fans who are gonna be like oh hell yeah finally you know the the, the gay guy ain't dying in this picture we ain't <laughs> hiding our queers the queers are punching faces Ah, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be good it's gonna be so good and it yeah is. i cannot believe that the authority is a thing it's great it's great <sighs> Uh, another interesting thing about everything that Gunn has been doing is that a lot of these ideas, you know, All-Star Superman, Brave and the Bold with Damien, I'm sure you noticed the theme, Matt, as well as I did, where it's like, oh, a lot of these are newer things he's adapting. He's mm-hmm. not, like, going back to the Golden Age. He's not even doing, like, what Marvel is doing now, where they're, like, mining the weird 70s and 80s. Like, he's doing more modern shit, right down to the most modern thing. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, that Tom King book from, like, what, just a couple of years ago? Uh, just last year. <laughs> just last year is getting a whole full-on adaptation. I'm like, really? Yeah, I, that that one really surprised me the most. Same. Um, uh, not 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 because of like it's like oh wow fucking Tom King. It's like it's a great fucking book. It's really it fucking. Tom King knows how to write the Superman family. Just keep him away from the fucking Bat family. I, I remember there was a big thing there, like Tom King was going to be leaving comics to go work on movies. He was working on like that New Gods movie mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Is this is this them throwing him a bone where it's like, hey, thanks for being a good sport. Sorry that other stuff didn't happen. We'll adapt this and maybe maybe he'll get like a producer credit or something. Maybe, yeah. 
Uh, someone in the chat saying Tom King is also in the DCU writers room. Well, that checks out too. Then. Yeah. Well, I think he's also in it just because they are adapting his work. So you know, bring work. him in to like, yeah. I I hope he gets like a you know a good credit there because mm. that would also be nice moving forward. Like, hey, DCU under Saffron and Gunn, are you guys going to be supporting creators' rights more than the last you know uh, regime did? Because you know DC especially has a bad history with not honoring creators, especially mm-hmm. the ones who are still alive. Like friggin' yeah. Jerry Conway had to piss and moan endlessly about Firestorm and all those CW shows that kept using his characters with A not paying him and B not even giving him a credit. <laughs> Let's let us also not forget the famous Green Lantern made famous by Jeff Johns. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Johns created the Green Lanterns, yeah. Oh, did he? I didn't say I created him. I just said I made him famous. I'm like, I think the original creators had something to do with it. But sure, Jeff, you the, do the you. original creator, Jeff Johns. Yeah, yeah. That that was just like the height of hubris on that. Where I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they they apparently did that a lot. Jimmy Palmiotti told a great story where they wanted to put his name on that Jonah Hex movie, be like made famous by him. <laughs> and, and Palmiotti's like, no, I don't agree with that. So his name didn't get on it. And he's like, man, am I happy my name didn't get on that. <laughs> Dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Dodged a big old bullet on that one. So yeah, we're also getting a Superman and a Supergirl. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. It's, again, and and and, and all, of the, all of this, there's only one Batman-related thing. It's nice, isn't it? Also, it's hey... Nice. Is, is this going to be the same Supergirl from Flashpoint? Because they yeah. seemed like they wanted to spin her off and give her a movie, but Flashpoint might be rewriting everything right now, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, well, well I know Gunn did say that, like, certain, like, like in an actual DC Comics reboot, some things will carry over, some things won't. So, I mean, maybe she might carry over i mean it'll be only from what i understand she's like a second lead in that flash film so yeah maybe if people like her maybe they'll carry it over yeah i guess we'll see i guess that's a wait and see and lastly an animated property which i love that they announced an animated property along with everything else creature commandos which is coming to the app and gun wrote this and gun's like yeah i already wrote this yeah this is that secret project he was writing yes it is I fucking love that it's Creature Commandos. I love that it's weird. I love that it's fucking monsters. And it's going to technically be the first thing in this new universe. Yes, which is a really interesting way to start it off. Gunn also made it very clear that, you know, he wants, you know, characters who play the live action versions of these characters to voice themselves in the cartoons and the games and vice versa, which, you know, will certainly make sense on paper. It actually really pissed off the voice actors union where they're like, hey, 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 so you're going to be horning in on our work here? Hey, I mean, if that's how they want to run it, it's their prerogative to run it like that. It is. They don't have to hire people who are voice actors. No, they don't, but I can understand as a voice actor, be like, oh, so you're just going to cut us out of this new thing, huh? All right, fair enough. (laughs) And also, too, because a lot of voice directors are also voice actors themselves and, like, work with the same thing. I can understand where it's like, hey, I I think that's just like, it's not that you're not going to be in it, voice actors. You're just not going to be in the main leading roles is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, you can still be in it. But, yeah, you just won't be voicing, you know, Frankenstein or something. Yeah, you just won't be getting the top billing or getting the paid the big bucks. Yeah. Which, which is a shame, too, because it's like, well, hey, some actors do both. Like, Carrie Payton is, like, a very respected voice actor mm. and does, like, acting in movies and shit. Oh, maybe maybe he might be in it. Never know. I, I mean, it's a DC project, so, yeah, of course, Carrie Payton. <laughs> yeah, of, co- of course Carrie Payton's in, in yeah. all of them. Yeah, he's yeah. their good luck charm. Yeah, he's done with Walking Dead, so, yeah, he can be in it. 
Stephen Ogg, there's, I think there is like a very small, but like very good group of actors who actually do both, who do yeah. voice and camera. Yeah, you got you got to be really careful, as well as not not just like who do both, but also fit in both. Because exactly. some, some you can, oh, he's got a great voice, but hey, he doesn't really look the part. Uh, the chat saying too, Cree Summers. Yep, she's another excellent mm -hmm. example of a person who does both. Yep. Uh, Erica Ishii, another person who mm -hmm. I quite like who does both. Yeah, technically Mark Hamill. I mean, Mark Hamill's in a weird position because he started as an actor and then became a super respected <laughs> voice actor after the fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to where there's like a whole generation of people who are like, oh, he's Luke Skywalker, you know? Yeah, and, and then a whole another generation who's like, ah, oh, he's, you know, he's the Joker, you know? <laughs> exactly, right? When he shows up on what we do in the shadows, it's like, hey, you know, he does this, right? <laughs> But yeah, so there's your slate, everyone. There's Gods and Monsters, Chapter 1 of a brand new 8 to 10 year plan for the DC Universe. And I mean, I'm I'm tickled. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It sounds great. Love, love all of it. Have no reason to complain about any of it. Give it, give it to me now. Is it 2025 yet? <laughs> I am totally excited for what we're getting here and what we could potentially be getting later on after this because it's like wow if you're starting with like swamp thing and creature commandos yeah then then what what are we going to get after the sergeant rock and all of those guys and and like no. the, the jsa jla you know all these teams it's fantastic yeah like literally the entire world is open just because you use a couple lower tier characters you know some beloved c and d listers it opens up your world in a big way it build it builds out that world yeah yeah, like it, like the world that they're proposing here already feels much bigger and much deeper than the mm -hmm. one we just had because you only concentrated on lead characters. And it feels like a comic book world as well. Yeah, exactly, where a Swamp Thing can hang out with a guy from the future, can hang out with space cops, can hang out with Batman and Superman. Yeah. I'm, I'm about it. Give, me, give it to me now, please. <laughs> But believe it or not, that wasn't the only piece of DC news this week. Moving on to our next story, we got another trailer, the final trailer for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And yeah, looks good. It, yeah, it does. It looks really fucking good. It looked good. I'm really excited for it. I would say that that was probably my most excited DC film. And then Zachary Levi <laughs> had to open his fucking mouth on Twitter this week. I, I was going to say, yeah, it looks really fucking good. I really hope the actors don't say anything on social media that might, you know, put this project in jeopardy. I said it before, but it bears repeating. I think that's why uh, was it? James Gunn is graying so prematurely yeah. all of these goddamn people he has to shepherd now. Yeah. For, uh, for, for those who missed it, Zachary Levi might have admitted to being an anti-vaxxer. He certainly was talking to an anti-vaxxer. It's like, oh, what do you think of the companies that make the vaccines? And he's like, I don't like them. And then everyone's like, whoa, 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 what the fuck do you mean? And he tried to backpedal and be like, yeah. no, I just don't like big pharma. And it's like, okay. He, he backpedaled, but the thing is, he took so long to do it. Like, he, he yes, left he it did. for, like, a day and a half. Yeah, like, like, something just, like that is, you gotta, you got to do it immediately. <laughs> you'd think. He's like, well, I just don't like Big Pharma. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fair. Yeah, they're responsible for the opioid crisis. They've done a lot wrong. He's like, yeah, look at this article from 2009. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's definitely what you were talking about when you were talking with a well-known anti-vaxxer online. And what's truly funny about this, and it's hilarious that this is how the internet 
that works. You know, people were quick to, you know, take up to try and defend and be like, no, 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 it's definitely what he said. And people are like, well, you know, because the Internet's here and because we can look back at everything we've said. Uh, here he is on Joe Rogan last summer saying he loves famous misogynist anti-trans uh, guy who's having his license taken away by the Canadian government, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah. That, I didn't know about any of that sort of stuff. I didn't either. So and like when I did when, that last summer. Yeah, when I saw all this stuff, I'm like, oh, that's, that's unfortunate that he might be an anti-vaxxer. And then I saw that, I'm like, oh... So you're, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely anti-trans. And then, like, I kept digging further, and that's like, oh, he's an open, well-known libertarian. Oh, no. Oh, he's also a super uber Christian who thinks it's his mission to convert people on movie sets. And I'm like, oh, so that's why he didn't work much after Chuck and honestly didn't work much after friggin' the first Shazam movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, coming to think of it, about it now, I yeah, outside of Chuck and Shazam, I can't think of a thing I've seen Zachary Levy in. Yeah, because if I'm like a casting director and I hear you're an uber Christian who's trying to convert people, don't get me wrong, have your beliefs. It's all good. It's no skin off my back. But when I know you're going to actively try and convert people around me, it's like, yeah, I don't know if I want that in the workplace. <laughs> and then it goes deeper where it's like, oh, he's actually super involved with the 700 Club and like oh, took a no. bunch of <laughs> money from them for like one of his movies. And it's like, so he's really in bed with them. And then the thing that really blew my mind where it's like, hey, wasn't, uh, you know, his last name's Levy. Doesn't that mean he's Jewish? I always assumed he's Jewish. No, it's his middle name. He's been trading on a name that's his middle name. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a shame. So between that and between Ezra Miller, I'm starting to see why they're like, yeah, Jason Momoa can stick around and be Lobo if he wants. <laughs> yeah, just, 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 just take his social media away from him before he decides to do something. <laughs> Yeah, can we please put Jason Momoa in a nice protective bubble so we can have one person from the DCU, old DCU, who's still good and pure and has done Man. nothing wrong yet Man, that I, I know of? I like, like I know, like Marvel. I've had like a couple of like, like Evangeline Lilly and Letitia yeah. Wright and everything, but like that's that's two out of like twenty five movies. Yeah, yeah, but like you look at like DC stuff. Every single one of their films has had some sort of scandal attached, scandal to, an attached to an actor or like someone from behind the scenes or something it's hell, yeah what the fuck it's, it's just it's just such a shame and it's funny you know gun eventually was forced to talk about this because it came at the worst fucking time yeah because yeah. the movie's coming out in a couple months they're announcing the new slate and it, it's so funny to see how the different news sites spun it because guns like look I, I i can't control what my actors say which is basically him just exacerbated being like look i'm sorry he's an asshole i didn't know either <laughs> And, like, all the different sites are taking it like that, where it's like, man, it must be really hard for him to wrangle all these people. Boy, this guy really shot this movie in the foot right before it's coming out. Why the hell couldn't he just shut the hell up about it till at least the movie was out, you know, for the benefit of the young actors and everyone else involved with it? And then Fox News, because Fox News is the worst also, is like, yeah, you know, James Gunn, you know, struck a major blow against cancel culture by saying, I can't control what my actors say. <laughs> yeah. That's a hell of a thing. But yeah, so uh, I was really excited for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Now I don't know if I'm going to see an opening day. <laughs> I'm thinking I might wait for it on digital. <laughs> Who do you think the new Shazam's going to be? <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, I'll say this for Zachary Levy. I sure did buy his performance of an adult man with the brain of a child. Yeah, it turns out he wasn't acting. 
turns out he wasn't acting at all. It's like, you did it to yourself, man. No one would have, if you made it a whole like half a year without anyone <laughs> digging up that Joe Rogan interview that you did, but you had to say something dumb and then people dug it up. <laughs> that, that's like the internet in a nutshell where it's like, you know, sometimes you just have to say nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, like, it's almost so stupid where it's like, dude, are you actively trying to hurt the movie? Do you feel like they're definitely not going to ask you back? So you just said, fuck it, mask off. I'm going to torpedo this whole thing. Yeah, geez. Are you vindictive on top of just having a lot of really bad ideas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really like the kid that plays Billy Batson, and I feel really bad for him and all the other kid actors that they're going to have to suffer for what this schmuck said. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's uh, there's your Fury of the Gods news, everyone. Do with it what you will. <laughs> so moving on from there uh, to some X-Men news, actually. We're doing another X-Men poll, Matt. It's time time again for the big election. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like this one, the third one now, has gotten much less fanfare. It has. Like I think everyone's just kind of like expecting it now. Like It was a fun gimmick the first two times you did it. And now that we're still doing it, it's like, hmm. It honestly feels like it's kind of tying the hands of the writer because it's like, oh, we got to change up the team dynamics again and we got to do focus issues again. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, Fire, what's her name, just had a whole thing devoted to her, mm-hmm. like a whole annual. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends girl. And now we're going to have to change it up again. Yeah, it, it also as well feels like they're like, okay, we need a new X-Men team. What, like like star x-men can we put on oh we don't have any let let's use these ones that people don't mm. really know of or haven't heard of in a while well they all got a little cult following the big a the little, two big yeah the two big ones that stuck out for me for this one were juggernaut and dazzler are going to be <laughs> on this one firestar thank you i was going to say uh firestorm but i knew that wasn't right <laughs> or Starfire, but i knew that also wasn't it thank you chad i had a brain melt there for a second <laughs> But yeah, so Juggernaut and Dazzler were the two biggest names on there. And if I had to guess, they're probably the ones who would end up getting a lot of vote. Funny, too, because Juggernaut is technically not a mutant. No, yeah. What, what's his deal? He's like moment? half. He's like half, but he awoke the other part with mysticism. And he's technically not even supposed to be on the island. Xavier didn't want him there, but yeah. it was Kurt and the other team or the other guys on the legion who actually vo- uh, vouched for him to stay man it, it's it's uh, kind of telling how like xavier doesn't want like any of his like family or extended family anywhere near Close the island he didn't want legion anything anything to do with legion didn't yeah. want anything to do with juggernaut yeah that's what's fun about that book too because it's like literally kane marco getting to hang out with legion where it's like oh yeah we're technically family but we like never talk <laughs> yeah maybe we should because we both kind of hate like charles <laughs> that's that's what they're getting over they're commiserating or it's like man you know friggin your half brother's a real dick i'm like yeah i know my dad's a real dick <laughs> <laughs> we can get along <laughs> what's the problem i guess it's you <laughs> but yeah so you'll be sure to make your vote on that one and i'm sure everyone will you know be super happy when the ones they want don't win yeah yeah i'm sure like all the all the twitter bots will uh will like like fuel the votes for like a certain character that like no one like gives a shit about but like a, a vocal minority do. Yeah, what what were the last two that won? It was Polaris, and then was it Firestar who won the last one? Didn't they have to redo one of them? Like yes, redo, they redo because like it just got like way too many. It's like okay, this is obviously being like bot farmed. I I can't remember if it was for that or if it was for the uh, DC round robin stories. 
I, any poll online, I just assume uh, it's going to be is flooded rigged with or yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, is rigged or there's something wrong with it. Yeah, I, I do not disagree. Yeah, which is also another reason where it's like, look, I'm not going to take this seriously at all because I feel no. like nine times out of ten, whoever won probably didn't actually win. Yeah, you, you already have the stories written with the characters in place, mm. so yeah, yeah, this doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Good, good on Duggan, though, for, you know, being such a good sport about this for, like, three years running now. Yeah, yeah. And also for them to keep the gimmick going for three years, because usually gimmicks like this don't last very long. I would have thought it would have ended by now, just because of the fact that, like, it, it at least in this last group, it never felt we got to know the team as well as we should have. No, it's true. And uh, I, I but think, hey, like, a year isn't, isn't long enough. <laughs> no, for a team, not nearly enough, especially not with the way comics are now. No. But hey, you know what? This might end up being the last year because they announced X-Men Fall of X, four brand new prelude titles called Before the Fall, before we eventually enter the next chapter. Because, you know, it's always we have the Hellfire Gala, then we start our next chapter. Yep. And those four titles are Sons of X, Heralds of the Apocalypse, Mutant First Strike, and The Sinister Four. Yes, I swear, Apocalypse is coming back. I'm excited. Apocalypse is coming back. Interesting that they kept him and uh, Amnith and all those other things mm. off the table for so long. Yeah, I'm so glad they're coming back. They were like some of the most interesting things in that first couple of years of the, the mm. new X-Men stuff. Great designs for him and his yeah. wife and the original Four Horsemen who are also his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a lot of other interesting ideas there. We're going to have a battle of the gods. You know, we're going to have Legion getting more involved in these stories, too. Uh, the Sinister Four, because we're technically closer to... I, I think we know who the four are now, the four uh, Sinister clones. There's Original Recipe, Essex with the Diamond. Uh, there's Dr. Stasis with the Club, uh, yep. Orbis, Stellis, whatever, from X-Men Red. Yep. And I think Mother Righteous was revealed to be one, too, actually. I think Mother Righteous was hard. I have I I didn't see that reveal, but I'm pretty sure I saw something about that online. So, someone told me that I didn't read it, but it might just have been him. Yeah, might have just been, might have been that because of course, obviously, if you're gonna have four of anything, one's got to be a lady. They can't all be dude clones because <laughs> that's just fun. Uh, B Black helping us out in the chat. Is it weird how they kept Miller? I get they finished Flash and expensive to reshoot, but they scrapped Batgirl because they were worried about reputation, but they don't realize Flash starring Miller does the same. Again, I, I think it just comes down to they assume Flash will make more money. Sunken they cost that... fallacy. It's the sunken cost exactly. fallacy. They, they put too much into it. They don't want to give up on it now and just take a tax write-up on it. Also, they got Keaton in that one, and I think they're still betting on the fact that people are going to be really hyped about Keaton and these, like, way-after-the-fact cameo things. Like, it worked uh, for the Spider-Man movies. You know, it worked for all these other things. I really think it's the Keaton thing more than anything they want to keep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's totally unfair to Batgirl. No doubt about it that they just killed that thing in the woman. Also, they need it now because Gunn said, yes, what happens at the end of this movie will usher in our new universe. We're using that as our justification. Yeah, yeah. So we got to do it. You know, this is just, we all got to take the hit on this one. And like we said, due to SAG reasons, they just can't fire Miller. They kind of got to rock with them yeah. until they're done rehab, until they're done whatever, because they don't want 
to be seen. It would look bad on the company too. Where it's like, oh, they fired one of the only non-binary people in Hollywood. Oh, they fired that mentally ill person. You know, they fired that drug dependent person. You know, they they don't want that to come back on them because I'm sure they're worried that Miller might, you know, cry on all the right night talk shows and you know do like a big teary YouTube apology and have uh, everyone forgive them because it's happened before. It has. I, I I bet like the day after the the flash comes out, they'll just like cut all ties. Yeah, which that could also happen to where it's like, look, we just got to get it done. Just get it done. Yeah, yeah just get 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 it to that that that, uh, that that release date, and then that's it. And then that's it. Yeah, I would not be shocked at all because yeah, they need the star to promote. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. as fucked up as it is, they need the star around to promote the movie, even if the star is a prolific fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the press for this is going to be fucking <laughs> incredible to say the least. I, I'm almost excited for it, honestly, where it's like, okay, who who's going to ask a real question and who is clearly bought and paid for and told not to ask anything too controversial? Yeah, what's going to set uh, Miller off? Is something going to exactly. set him off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, them off. Yeah, what are they going to do? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, other new Marvel comic news we got coming down the pipeline. Cosmic Ghost Rider is getting a brand new solo series from yes. Stephanie Phillips, who, of course, yes. we know from uh, Harley Quinn and some other great work. I was literally thinking, started last week, I'm like, ah, I'd really love a new uh, go- <laughs> Cosmic Ghost Rider. It's like, that's such a fucking cool character. And I, like, I want to see more of this character. <laughs> well, the universe listened. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised Cosmic Ghost Rider went away for as long as Cosmic yeah. Ghost Rider did because it seemed like Marvel was all in on the concept. It was for really like a popular, of, really popular. Yeah, from like a year and a half there. Well, hey, they're back, and it seems like they got a good creative team on it. Hell yeah. Uh, more uh, Marvel news, uh, some more new stuff here. Eve Warlock set to debut in the Warlock Rebirth book. Who is Eve Warlock? Exactly what she sounds like. She is the perfect woman as Warlock is the perfect man. So like his probably potential wife or something adam and eve yeah adam warlock eve warlock that certainly seems to be what they're building to and also one of those things that makes me go huh that's pretty obvious how have they never done an eve warlock before (laughs) right yeah yeah that's a hell of a thing (laughs) Uh, drake drago in the chat saying polaris was rigged by the new mutants show to win yeah i forgot new mutants was on tv at that time and polaris was more popular than she had ever been yeah all the stands of the tv show like they didn't even know what what it was for they i think i think some i i I legit think some of them think it was for like the actual tv show to be renewed yeah the chat's saying there too if they can fire the voice of rick and morty for grooming and switch uh, they can switch the movie flash ah but here's the thing though they already ordered like 70 more episodes of rick and morty when Royland got caught being a piece of shit so like they have to deliver on those and yeah. it's one thing it's one thing to change it because it's a cartoon we can just find someone who sounds a lot like uh Royland. yeah yeah you can't you really do that with like physical acting and, and live action no, stuff yeah, yeah. There's, there's and, a, and different rules as well i imagine absolutely yeah because it's not sag it's not screen actors guild mm. screen actors guild actually have more protection uh which man shit I, i've seen five people just on twitter and tiktok who do really good ricks and mortys they're gonna be fine exactly they're gonna be fine and also from what i understand apparently Royland didn't even write much since like season three apparently it was yeah. like a seth mcfarland deal where they just showed up and collected their check and did the voice yeah so yeah Again, I don't think it's any big loss, personally. 
Now, what I do think is a big loss, though, is that HBO did their final culling for all their DC shows. Again, I don't know if this has any connection to the new DCU they're doing and if they wanted to get rid of the things that weren't connected. But over the last couple weeks to a month, Doom Patrol, Titans, and Pennyworth all got the axe. Womp yeah, womp. yeah I, well, you could see it coming. You could see it coming. Yeah, you could. Doom Patrol had a hell of a run, though. It did. At, at four seasons. It's still not done yet. No. They had the first part of their final season that aired just recently, the first, like, six episodes. Yeah, and, and it's not as though uh, the, the creators of that are going away. They, they've moved on to actual stuff in Gunn's uh, DC uh, slate. Universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe one of them is working on Waller. That was the one I couldn't remember. Yeah. Which fucking good, because they're all incredibly talented and clearly know their shit and clearly know, you know, the themes and ideas that we want to see, exactly. you know, fully realized over here. Also, I believe the Doom Patrol guy straight up said we knew this was the last one. We wrote it like it was going to be the last one. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Pennyworth and Titans, again, kind of a miracle they made it as long as they did, and they all seem to have their fans. So, you know, I mean, shit, Pennyworth survived getting taken off TV and going right to the app. Pennyworth survived. <laughs> like, like yeah. that, that it's, uh, Pennyworth was a thing, that, you know? Yeah. No, no shame in their game. <laughs> as someone at the chassis, did Pennyworth really have a V for Vendetta tie into it? Yes. Yeah, I didn't see that. It did, did it? It did, yeah, yeah. That's fucking wild. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. They, that was in this in this final season, so like, no payoff in that. Yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? Whatever. Yeah, we we can do whatever we want. <laughs> huh. Says here in the final episode of Pennyworth, we find out that Alfred is actually Luke Skywalker's father. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred dresses up as Batman. What? <laughs> what? Didn't see that? Hey, final season. We can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> Huh. Alfred just chokes uh, little Bruce Wayne in the final episode. <laughs> <laughs> just chokes him right out, huh? <laughs> I'll be damned. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> we find out it's all just this whole Alfred Pennyworth story is just uh, something that exists in Batman's mind. The final shot of Pennyworth is just Batman with a con concussion trying to tell Alfred about his own life. And Alfred's like, yes, uh, yes, yep, I did all those things. <laughs> yeah, it's a young Bruce, like theorizing oh this is what alfred did with my parents and yeah i like that that that's what my butler got up to i love it. or it's just alfred drunkenly telling this story to the robins yeah that's <laughs> it all these things <laughs> hey thank you for the uh cheer there comic new much appreciated just saw that come across thank you, thank you but yeah it's sad to see these shows go but like you can't say they didn't give it their all and that they won't be remembered i mean doom patrol especially i think is really good for a rewatch and also a show that i would happily show to people who had never actually like seen a superhero show before because i think it's very easy to get into yeah well again like because it's like set way before anything like batman or anything related it, it's just just like a spy tv show yeah most definitely uh, but one thing that is actually sticking around, not only is it sticking around, but it's getting a new uh, special, which I think is awesome that this thing actually rose to the top and was the fucking Highlander. There can be only one. The Harley Quinn show is not only sticking around, but it's getting a very problematic Valentine special. Their wording, <laughs> not mine. I fucking love that they're coming back in February, not just because that show does great numbers on my channel, but because I love it. Uh, when I was having that family emergency there last week, uh, I was in a place that actually had the app, so I actually sat and watched, like, half of the first season. I'm like, god damn, this is good. Nice, nice. 
this really fucking holds up. And yeah, the special seems to be that uh, Harley gives Poison Ivy because they're together now. Mm-hmm. Officially, though, one's a hero and one's a villain. Apparently, she gives her an orgasm so powerful and so earth-shaking, it unlocks a plant power, a pheromone power that Poison Ivy didn't know she had <laughs> that washes over the whole city and turns everyone into fuck-crazy fuck-monsters. <laughs> exactly. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Love it. And Bane is there and all the other characters you know are there. And I'm like, ah, fun times. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It'll be interesting, too, you know, from a story standpoint, because at the end of that last season, uh, Harley basically joined the Bat family where Poison Ivy joined the Legion of Doom. So they're still living together as a couple, but they're on completely different sides now. (laughs) Which is really fascinating and like, wow, that's a comic worthy idea. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, can't wait for it. Super stoked. Also, hey, good on Schumacher and the other guy, the two producers, because they cleaned up an award season this year, not just for Harley, but also for Abbott Elementary that they They also work on. Yeah, they did. So, yeah, they get to kind of come in like conquering heroes on this one where it's like, yep, we did it. (laughs) Nice, nice. That's awesome. Love it. Love it to death. So there you go, everyone. There's your news for this week. And it was uh, it was a biggie. It was a big one. It was a big one. Yeah. Big one. Lots of stuff going on. Easily the biggest show of 2023 so far. And this is the sort of content we try and bring to all of you. Yeah. Uh, But we're still not done yet. We can talk about what we read this week. And hey, I actually read everything new that I got this week for a change. I I have as well. Yeah. Uh, Where where would we like to begin, Matt? Uh, I'm going to find something we've both read. Yeah, I know. Because it was, right? it was one of those out. weeks where it's like, everything you read is different to what I read. <laughs> I know. D- did you read uh, Lazarus Planet? Uh, which one? Uh, Legends Reborn. Yes. Yes, I did. Boy, this was a stinky one, wasn't it? <laughs> the, 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 I was thinking about it because I read the, the, the Gods one and this one back to back. And I'm like... Uh, the go- I'm like this. This this whole event is just like a series of like vignettes. They're like yes, there hasn't actually been like a second, like main issue. No, yet. and there isn't going to be one ne- this coming week either. There's another tie-in. No, Lazarus Planet. I think is literally just going to be two issues long: the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so strange. It's it's a very odd and interesting way to do it. But yeah, the the gods one was great. The one with Aquaman and mm. Shazam and Martian Manhunter that was great. I want to read all those stories. Yeah. Legends Reborn that came out this week was fucking stinky and just being like, why did you do these? These like all have no beginnings and no ends. This just tells me that no one had any good pitches for these beloved cult characters. The, the, these are stories that were probably going to be uh, backups in feels like, like a, batman or detective comics or something mm-hmm. like that and they're just like, ah, just shove in here and put some, are, put some green rain in the back yep these are all uh friggin backup quality we got a renee montoya question story which should be great because it's like oh is she gonna try and be you know police commissioner but also be the question oh i bet that'll lead to a lot of interesting problems no actually it leads to a wholly generic story where the characters are constantly contradicting themselves where i'm like oh wow you you really only did one pass because this script is bad uh we got a raven story where she like tries to find a bunch of other demon kids because apparently the lazarus rain can also wake up your latent demon powers it, it can do whatever we want it to do yeah it's literally like a MacGuffin that just does whatever the writer wants it to do <laughs> yep and like trigun needed her to lead him to the demon to the kids because he yeah. wanted because he wanted to pick one as his heir but it didn't matter because he had already found the one he wanted and picked and he named that one trilogy <laughs> 
which is a really fucking stupid name. I know you're trying to keep the Try name there because you're Trigon, the kids' trilogy. And then Raven just falls through stuff and then it's over and then they don't yeah. even say like oh read the new titans book to see how yeah. this ended it's just like nah this one isn't it, going it, it ends with like raven's death <laughs> yeah she's just falling through nothing and then it's over and i'm like wow this uh this blows yeah yeah it sucks <laughs> Uh, we see City Boy, who is apparently Greg Pak's new invention. Apparently, he was already seen over in that Wildstorm book. Oh, okay. He's also like the first time they're really trying to launch a new character here. And the thing about City Boy is the city City Boy has many powers. Uh, he can hear the city. He can talk to it like Aquaman. Uh, he can make uh, trash into little homunculuses. Uh, he can yeah. phase through the city. Yep, he can see. He can like see like he's got like X-ray vision that allows him to see through the city. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if he touches an item, he gets the whole story of that item. <laughs> he has many powers, City Boy. You see. <laughs> And his name is City Boy, which is one of those things where it's like, oh, that's a really clever idea on paper for a code name. But much like the B sharps, the more I say it, the less clever it gets. <laughs> it actually gets a little more annoying every annoying. time I say City Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, like, who, who who is City Boy's arch nemesis? The Country Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> country Boy, yeah. Oh, he lives in the country and he don't know much about nothing. <laughs> You don't much care for your highfalutin ways, city boy. <laughs> that that better fucking be his arch nemesis, country man. It's just Florida man. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that. And then we have a firestorm story that audibly made me laugh because literally the last time anyone wrote anything about firestorm was Doomsday Clock, and I'm pretty sure the argument they were having was from the end of Doomsday Clock. I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> Where Ronnie Raymond's like, fuck you, Dr. Stein, you manipulated the accident that fused us together. And Stein's like, shut up, nerd. <laughs> and then the Lazarus Rain hits them and blows them up. And then we have to get a new guy to join Firestorm because literally that's the only fucking story they tell with Firestorm it's, anymore. It's, yeah, the uh, new person is is now part of Ronnie or, or Martin's uh, whole deal. Uh, but, but, but the other one is like somewhere else and they've got to save him. So, yep, the, so the original time. Firestorm can come back, and yeah. Also, missed opportunity. He fuses with a new guy. He's a Star Lab scientist, Agent Ramirez. Mm -hmm. And Firestorm doesn't even look any different when they fuse no. together. And I'm like, well, that's a missed opportunity. If you're not going to make the costume look different, why nope. even bother? No, nope, just it looks exactly the same. And the relationship is exactly the same because mm -hmm. Ramirez is the smart one directing Ronnie. So literally nothing changes, but also Ramirez gets really old at the end and maybe Dr. Stein is dying. They're never going back to this one. Yeah, they say they are, but I don't... Where? <laughs> I mean, I guess the Firestorm Matrix opened up some holes in the multiverse and like Crisis Shadow Demons were getting in, but I'm like, no, it's going back to this. <laughs> Also, yes, thank you, Cam Dog. Don't go messing with a country boy breakfast. That's that's what country boy's power is. He's just really into breakfast. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Legends. Oh, Legends was bad. Talk about going from like one of the better ones in uh, We Were Gods, which you yeah. know is actual stories that they will uh, end up going back to. Yes, to this one to being like here's a bunch of stories we're never going back to. Yeah, again, probably like offcuts of like from books like Detective Comics and and stuff like yeah. that. that they've decided, ah, oh, we'll just shove in here. It's fine. And and there's going to be more of these too. There's going to be more of these anthologies. I think there's two more anthologies actually. There's one coming out this week, and the there's one that is actually going to catch up on like the Wonder Woman story. 
Yes. And like a bunch yes. of those stories, which I'm interested in. Yes, we're going to have a Shazam, a Wonder Woman yeah. crossover story. Uh, so what is it? This week, it's... Uh, yeah, okay, we got Lazarus Planet uh, Evolution number one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, which who's this in this one? Uh, oh, we got Damien's Girlfriend. We got Red Canary. Uh, we got Red Hood. But then again, the covers lie, too, because as yes. you pointed out, hey, why is Yara Flora on the cover of this one and she's not in it? Yeah, but all the other stories are represented on the cover and she's on there for some reason. Oh, this one has a new debut, too. We're going to see the debut of Vigil. Ah, fuck. Who's Vigil? I don't know who Vigil... I know they made a big deal about one of these characters is going to be, like, DC's first attempt at doing, like, a young, non-binary superhero. I wonder if that's Vigil. I'm not sure. Haven't they already done that, though? Yeah, I want to say they did, but they made a big deal about it. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Was I thinking Marvel? I'm not sure. And then on February 14th, we've got Lazarus Planet Dark Fate. Okay. Which is going to have the Doom Patrol in it, uh, the Flash family, Huntress, and it looks like they're introducing another character as well in this one. That one I'm interested in because that's going to lead into Doom Patrol, the the Doom Patrol book. Yes, yeah, so I will actually probably read that. The, the new character, Xanth, Spirit World Xanth. All right. Okay, all these that's... new characters that no one's going to give a shit about the minute the, the book finishes. Yeah, yeah so someone said, you know, I'm getting a big whack of, uh, what is it, over uh, of the Dark Matter universe in this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. It's like DC, least... DCU when they introduced a bunch of new characters that all immediately fell off, except for Khalid. Except for Khalid, he stuck around, good for him. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, look, you, you gotta introduce new characters somewhere, and I guess this is as good a reason as any to be like, yeah, they got pelted by Lazarus Rain, and they became new heroes. Yeah, thing is, is not none of it's, like, like, the stuff in, in uh, the Gods one was interesting, where, like, ah, it turns the trench into people, and yeah, yeah. And, and all that's, like, interesting, but, like, all the stuff in, in, the, uh, in the one we just talked about is it's not interesting. No, it's not interesting, and it's like, oh, Ooh, so you literally City have Boy, no- ooh. <laughs> It, it kind of like broke my heart actually because it's like oh so you guys all this time later have nothing for montoya and nothing for yeah. firestorm and nothing for raven you have nothing for any of these characters to do yeah and i was really excited for when when renee became uh the commissioner of, of same Gotham, just because I, I thought it was gonna lead to so many stories yeah because they were doing at the same time they were doing all that stuff with uh manicano and how like the like being in a position of power in gotham like wears a person down and yeah well that's yeah no no that sort of stuff no most writers forget and honestly i forget when they go back to montoya and say oh we'll talk to commissioner montoya i'm like oh yeah she's uh she's commissioner yeah 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 G- jim gordon's still like technically hunting down like joker and like cannibals and shit and all that uh, weird no, shit he, uh he he came back in a backup story and he wants to be a cop again now oh god damn it <laughs> yeah so they ruined that like as soon they didn't as even make that left. like a big thing that should be a big thing like the return of nope. jim gordon <laughs> nope they they ruined that in a backup they literally like it. like the weak tie in left he's like i'm back now and i'm gonna be a detective i want to be a cop again <laughs> completely friggin sidelining all of his development yeah what a shame <laughs> Wah, wah. but uh, hey you know some of these are good maybe the next ones will be good maybe this one that they just had to put the bad ones that they weren't going to follow up in somewhere yeah well, at least Matt, hopefully they're all in just one book <laughs> yeah absolutely uh all right what else did you have matt uh well staying on with like specials i had uh the flash one minute war special oh yes that was this week yeah this this was actually a really well set out book so it has 
four stories uh, one is set one is called the past two are called the present and one is called the future and and that is where these books take place the first one is the origin of the fraction um, right. and we learn about like how their planet was like uh like a really prosperous planet and they like one with nature and everything and then their scientists discovered a force which is the speed force um ah. and they wanted they they found out that if they could tap into that they would have unlimited energy and they could like expand their empire a little bit more uh so they did Naturally. it and uh a guy called uh vel anthro who is like the main leader of the fraction uh forces on earth at currently volunteered to like go and like explore this world and uh he basically goes through flash's origin and gets hit mm. hit by lightning and gets speed powers and uh they learn they get the speed powers and they learn that they channel if they channel it through conduits which are like people who can have access so like speedsters so like mm. people who can get speed powers um they can then harness that energy and use it to like power their ships and uh all their technology and everything and that made them like uh that made them power hungry and greedy and turned this like kind of peaceful race into like mm. war warmongers and they absolute power corrupts yeah, absolutely they spread through the galaxy and like taking worlds and because they have access to the speed force they weren't just spreading through the galaxy they were spreading through space and time as well uh, and going to different multiverses and universes and everything uh, and they which, can do it in a fraction of the time yes which explains them why they have at the end at the end of the 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 last issue of one minute war they unleash miss murder who is a uh, character from the dark multiverse who looks a lot like oh, the shit. batman who laughs <laughs> yeah uh, that's fun uh, and then, yeah, it, it basically like leaves off with him, uh, with Vel, uh, vowing to go and get more worlds, but only if the Empress will plant will uh, agree to marry him, and she does. <laughs> so he goes off and becomes like a ruthless warlord, and ends with him landing on Earth. Hmm. Uh, the, well, the next two stories are about one is about Avery Ho, uh, sort of oh, yeah. uh, sort of undergoing like she's fighting a villain called Dark Wu, who takes her soul and plans on like blowing up the sun um, and <laughs> oh not the sun we need that <laughs> at that moment when she, when her soul is taken is when the fraction attack so everything sort of freezes like it has been and she has to save the villain because the villain has her soul and if they take ah. him into space the gem that he used to take her soul will activate and blow up the sun so she's got to save the villain from these other villains i like that avery stuck around she was fun in justice yeah. league incarnate yeah she's great uh, the next story is uh, really cool, where the 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 fraction track one of these the speed force conduits to like an old creepy mansion, and they're like tracking through it, and they're all getting killed off by like a slasher, uh, and and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? He's like killing off all these people, and we find out it is Godspeed. Hey, haven't seen him in a minute. Yeah, and he, he's he's got his whole he's got like a big knife, and he's just running around <laughs> and killing people and everything. Look at my big fucking knife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next story flashes to the future where uh, Jai and Ira are now adults and right. they, they have their own superhero costumes and everything and they're still fighting the fraction and and Jai, because he's got super strength, he's using it to like blow blow up their like spires they've placed all over Earth because if you do that, it, it disrupts their speed force so they return to like normal speed so then you can like fight them. Ira, meanwhile, has been traveling through time time and hyper time to try and find a way to stop them so she's traveling to like the red sun universe and the the J jurassic league universe all to look <laughs> oh, for like or to look for like a way to like stop these villains and yeah it's just a fun like story that 
Jeremy Adams has said, hey, maybe we might actually be going here a little bit later uh, on. Yeah. Uh, how about that? Yeah, just, 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 just setting things up in, in for the future. Yeah, it's, it's great. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad Flash gets a little event to himself, a nice special story. Yeah, Gold Beetle also, uh, also makes another reappearance. That was a oh. character from the future that I think Adams introduced like way back, way, way back. Yes, I think I remember that actually. Yeah. That's good. Glad the Beatles are getting some more love, too, now at the moment. Yeah. Now, from a story you really like to a story that uh, crushed my soul and made me question everything. I know what the story this is. <laughs> yeah, Dark Web Finale, number one. <laughs> Jesus I actually, like, like all the parts, like, so far, I haven't heard anyone on Twitter talking about it, but this part, like, I saw, like, many people posting panels and, like, what the fuck, man, is going it's, on? <laughs> it's all been bad, yet somehow this one managed to be the worst. Like, they literally <laughs> saved the worst for last. <laughs> so, Ben Riley, Kaz, took madeline pryor's scythe and crowned himself king chasm lord of limbo for some fucking reason even though he just wanted the memories and now he's gonna conquer new york even though it's not what he wanted will not get him what he wants and he has no reason to do it <laughs> but we need a big action finale here also despite spider-man looking like he was ready to team up with goblin queen and the x-men and everyone else to go fight chasm we need two whole pages of spider-man being like no i'm not gonna work with you for some reason <laughs> even though the x-men are your friends and even though madeline Pryor just turned good like a minute ago yep yep spider-man then also takes a big shit on the story where he's like i don't need your help to take down ben and did you not remember his stupid plan with the fruit he's not really a criminal genius <laughs> and i'm like wow is this zeb wells being like look guys i know what i'm writing i know i'm writing shit <laughs> <laughs> by having spider-man be self-aware uh, uh then they have to tie up all the different tie-ins that they've been doing so the x-men do 90 percent of the fighting in new york <laughs> Uh, Madeline Pryor realizes that she didn't actually need the scythe to command the demon army. Apparently the power was in her all along. <laughs> and of course, the power just, of friendship will release the power. And <laughs> well, well, the power of demons was in her all along, and when she does that, she actually returns to her old skimpy Inferno costume for a minute. <laughs> and it's like a big, stupid double-page spread that you have to actually turn sideways, so it's extra <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, this is what you're making me do? Uh, Spider-Man finally gets a chance to fight uh, Chasm. It's like, okay, are they finally going to have it out now? Are they going to finally have wars? No, because fucking Rec Rap is there, the goddamn bizarro Spider-Man of Limbo who sucks <laughs> all the drama out of everything. Uh, Peter can't win the fight, and in the end, it's actually Madeline Pryor and uh, friggin' Magic who defeat Chasm. Spider-Man literally does nothing. He sits it out. Awesome his own event and spider-man sits the whole goddamn thing out cool that's just, that's what i want that's what i really wanted and then they're like okay so we got to take ben to jail right and the goblin queen's like no he spent so much time in limbo he is now a citizen of limbo he will go back and face limbo justice <laughs> limbo justice Yes, he's got a limbo for his life under a pole or else. <laughs> Only that's not what happens because when Ben came to take over New York, he brought the Goblin Queen's castle with him. Mm -hmm. And Krakoa and the mutants have decided to just let it stay there now as the brand new limbo embassy. <sighs> so Ben is a prisoner inside the limbo embassy now and Peter still comes to visit him every so often to be like, hey, still evil? And he's like, yep. <laughs> 
Jesus. And you're thinking, like, this is so fucking stupid because Jean Grey gave Madeline Pryor her memories back, and that's why she became a good guy. Why don't they do it with Ben? <laughs> it gets even dumber because Madeline Pryor's like, yep, I'm a good guy now, and I've opened the limbo embassy to help all the lost, forgotten, and wayward souls of the world. Help Ben! He's right there! <laughs> And then the fucking story's over, and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> this is the worst Spider-Man story I've maybe ever read, and it's definitely one of the worst Marvel events I've read in a very long time. Uh, at least it was only, like, like, like condensed to, like, like Spider-Man and, like, an X-Men tie-in. No, there was a couple more tie-ins. There was a Gold Goblin tie-in, a Miss Marvel mm. tie-in. Well, it was but all like actually... Spider-Man, like like adjacent character. It wasn't like covering fucking every book. That's true. It was mostly sure. Oh, and Venom came back too as Bedlam, which would make no sense if you weren't reading mm. the Venom book, because he comes back with red and a chainsaw arm. Oh, nice. Because they're like, oh yeah, I guess we kind of got to pay reference to this too now, huh? <laughs> What a what a fucking piece of shit this story was. But hey, they're going to finally explain what happened to Peter and Mary Jane in the missing six months next issue, and it better be fucking good. Uh, does anyone even actually, like, care at this point? <laughs> I, I They are really testing, you know, the bonds of how much people care. But hey, the tie-ins were actually pretty good, which when does that <laughs> ever happen, that the tie-ins are better than the main story? That's true, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, shit. I mean, shit, even Miss Marvel got to come back. She doesn't have a book right now, but she got to hang out with her characters and everything. That's true. And then you got to read, then you got to read the Black Cat book and find out that Mary Jane has fucking powers. <laughs> Uh, KT helping us out. Uh, if the what did Peter do story doesn't pan out, what was the last year of Spider-Man for? Yeah, yeah, KT, you get it. It better be fucking good or else. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't think it will be good because what what could you say? What could you reasonably say to justify any of this? Yeah, like how's it all going to like tie up and like, yeah, you can't. Like what? Time travel, clones, uh, fucking Mary Jane got brought back from the dead by Norman, which is actually the theory I'm working under right now. Yeah, right. Right. It better be. It better be something good, because if not, also, how is it that they could leave Ben Riley in a worse place than the Clone Saga did, than Clone <laughs> Conspiracy did? <laughs> How is this, like, literally... I'd say this is character assassination, but they've assassinated his character so many times now. <laughs> He's just the walking dead. He's just a fucking zombie at this point. <laughs> uh, it was bad. It was it was poo garbage. It was ass candy. I <laughs> like it very much at all. Please uh, make it stop. <laughs> uh, what else did you have, Matt? Hopefully something not that bad. I did. I had something very good, and that was Avengers issue 65. Oh yeah, we're nearing the end of this one. I saw the cover for this. Yeah, this is the uh, the origin of Avenger Prime. Uh, mm -hmm. Avenger Prime last last issue we learned is Loki. Oh, and, and uh, here we learn exactly how he became Avenger Prime, and it's pretty cool. Uh, so this Loki uh, saw his brother Thor die really early on, like when he was still a kid, because Thor tried to like wrangle Mjolnir before he was ready, and right. it blew him up um odin then was like became kind of crazy because that happened so loki took the chance to supplant him as ruler of asgard and like had him imprisoned by the frost giants uh and then from that like loki just he, he went from like one thing to another to try and like figure out like okay well nothing's really like sating me in life but and like nothing i can't find anything that's like really good 
Uh, and then mm. he took to the multiverse to like ask like other Loki's like, okay, so like, <laughs> how are we different? Like, like what? What is best in life? Other yeah, Loki's. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and it always resulted in these other Loki's trying to kill him to take his power, because because <laughs> that's the way of the Loki. Because Loki's uh, are dicks. <laughs> so what he did is he started traveling the multiverse with his sorcery, and he learned that all Loki's have a point in their life where they fight the Avengers, and the Avengers win and from that point on all to all loki's lose after that point interesting uh, tying um, it back to like the first avengers story yeah, yeah. Uh, so so loki's like right well i'm gonna go back to my earth and just like kill all the avengers before they become the avengers so he like sacks wakanda he he gives the frozen captain america to the frost giants to keep <laughs> he imprisons tony stark in an asgardian jail uh, uh what's he do to Mjolnir? he like imprisons Mjolnir with like special chains and everything uh all this stuff just to sort of stop uh the avengers from forming and they don't form and because of that all of the villains so like thanos gore the celestials mm. galactus all of them now have nothing stopping them from <laughs> like doing anything so loki's like oh the avengers are actually needed so he ends up fighting all of these villains and he wins but in doing so the entire universe is destroyed and he's the only one left alive oh uh, so he's like well like what the fuck do i do now? like what now so he decides to kill himself so he throws himself into the sun but he doesn't die he gets mm. sent to the god quarry uh, oh. and he learn he decides to pray to the god quarry and find out like can you just kill me just to get it over with and like give me my penance and they're like oh your penance is going to be you're going to become an avenger and that, and so he is <laughs> for, he is forced to gather avengers from around the multiverse to build the avenger tower and be like a beacon for the avengers who uh <laughs> who all have to come together to defeat loki as well as his other threats and through the story he learns that like yeah while i am a loki and loki is needed for the avengers to form and the avengers are needed to protect the universe from all these other threats so i am very important that is my purpose in life and that's how he becomes avenger prime and he serves on the tower until this whole mephisto fight happens and yeah he just assembles the avengers and the, the book ends with him officially meeting the avengers of earth 616 and the, the avengers from avengers forever great use of the god quarry i read something yeah. the other day where someone said you know is the god quarry basically uh marvel's answer to dc's source wall and yes. i kind of did like a whoa whoa <laughs> no like it literally like here like you see like the god quarry instead of it being a wall of like frozen gods it's mm -hmm. literally a quarry of like stone gods all like smashed up in like piles and stuff also good uh, good on you jeff lemire for inventing that and for having other writers continually go back to it <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good like concept it is a good concept i like it a lot yeah uh now that spider-man book chat my ass and made me very upset <laughs> but uh thank god the miles book came out this week and the miles book continues to be great yeah Oh, the Miles book is wonderful, and also uh, we totally called the twist in this one of why the new mystery villain was mad at Miles. Oh, really? Yes, uh, their name is Renim. They're a young girl who's like a low-level technopath, incredibly intelligent, and she was supposed to get into the Vision Academy, but Miles beat her in the lottery. Isn't this literally the story that's happening in uh, Nightwing at the moment with uh, Heartless? 
Oh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, Heartless was inspired by the death of the Flying Graysons because he thought it was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's it's close, but it is also the, you know, we tied the villain's origin into the hero's original origin. And, yeah, her, her story is sad, and she's sympathetic, and, boy, after having Chasm suck so hard, it's nice to have a villain with an understandable motivation. <laughs> and also, because Ziggler is smart, too, we have a Starling there, Vulture's niece, to like kind of like check the story and ironically say the same stuff to Raneem that she said to Miles and that's like, look, I'm sorry you had a rough life, but that doesn't give you a blank check to be an asshole. <laughs> and make no mistake, you are being an asshole right now. Also, why are you even mad at Miles? You should be mad at the American education system <laughs> that would let this happen. And she's like, no, no, Miles is just part of a bigger problem. You know, I, I fix machines and to fix things, you know, you got to take them apart piece by piece. And that's what I'm going <laughs> to do to him. <laughs> So it's very good and very fun, and I'm all about it. That's awesome. It's really nice. Her her supervillain name is also The Rabble, because her name in Urdu is Sweet Voice, so it's kind of like, ah, you know, the, the lower class, the lost and forgotten, you know, those, you know, left in the wake yeah. of Spider-Man. Oh, uh, that's cool. It's very cool. It's great. And I'm like, man, it's nice to enjoy Spider-Man again. Yeah, yeah. Never never change, Cody Ziggler. Keep, keep bringing that heat, man. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people being like, man, can't Cody Ziggler just write amazing? And I'm like, no, don't do that to him. Don't force him on a book that clearly chews up writers and spits don't them out. Don't put that evil on him, no. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> you don't want none of this. Amazing Spider-Man, it takes all your good feelings and turns them into bad feelings. <laughs> but you just can't stop. Dan Slott did it for 10 years. <laughs> and then kind of came back and did it again. Yep, yep. <laughs> But yeah, uh, the Miles book is great. The best it's been in a very long time. If you're not reading it, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's only three issues in, so you can get caught up very, very quickly. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had two more. Uh, the last book I had was Thor issue 30. Ah, yes. Again, a book that I really wanted to get back into but couldn't have the time. I know they're doing a big Thanos story right now. Yeah, so we're kind of paying off all of the stuff uh, Donny Cates uh, did with, like, that vision of Thanos. Mm. It's not Don Donny Cates writing it, though. Interesting. Yeah, it's Torin Tor Gronbeck, uh, huh. a female writer. Uh, yes, who I, who I thought was a man this whole time because <laughs> Torin sounds like a Viking warlord of old that would come in and split my Very skull. Very fitting for a writer of Thor. Um, yeah, they just got a real Viking to write Thor yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, and as well as like, but like, if you didn't know that, you would you would think that Donnie is still writing because it's it's like it feels exactly the same, which is great. Oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, Thor's continuing his journey through uh, Niflheim. Uh, with Runa to try and get back his baby sister who's been taken by Corvus Glaive. Uh, right. Corvus is trying to open uh, the mountain that Boar had uh, in Muspelheim oh, to, yeah, to gain right. access to what I assume is going to be the Black Infinity Gem. Uh, just because uh, Corvus saw himself wearing it when he looked at a mirror in, in, <laughs> in, in the mountain. Uh, and to do that, he needs like uh, god blood. Uh, Boar's god blood uh, from his ancestors to open this door and uh, that's why he took uh, Lorsa God's daughter uh, and um, he finds out that that doesn't actually work he doesn't he can't <laughs> figure out how to work it he can't figure out how to get into this place and meanwhile Thor and, and Bruna are like catching up to him and have to fight like Draugr and you know all the pitfalls nice. of, of Niflheim and everything 
Um, and they get there and uh, Corvus is actually beaten. I think, I want to say he's killed. It's not really made clear. We do see his like soul get like ripped out of his body and taken Feels somewhere. like he dies a bunch, but always comes back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Thor like gets tempted by like what's behind the door. And um, he decides like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to have a look at what's behind the door. And he figures out how to open it because it does take God's blood. But what you have to do is you have to put it in the shadow of like, oh. it's like a special thing. You got to put it in the shadow of the dais in front of it. And he opens the door and he, he's like, like Odin is telling him, don't do it. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Don't go in there like a horror yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like warning him not to. And, and Thor, like as soon as he sees what's in there, he's realized, he realizes that like, oh, I probably should have listened to my father all while this has happened throughout the issue you see like this little like fly that's like following them and you're like what the fuck is that what the fuck is that and in the end we find out what it is and it's really fucking cool the fly goes back to its master and its master is dr doom oh shit <laughs> and, and the the fly tells tells uh doom that like the door is open so doom's <laughs> like okay well fucking time to like take more fucking elder magic as my own now yeah sounds about right yeah yeah, Thor versus Doom. There's a fight we haven't seen in a bit. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah, who's the next big Thor villain for this arc? Oh, it's Doctor Doom. <laughs> yeah, it's great. God, I'll have to catch up on that at some point. It sounds so good. You gotta. It's so good. So good. I'll, I'll, I'll lightning round through my last two. Uh, I had Captain America Sentinel of Liberty, number nine. Mm-hmm. This book continues to go from strength to strength. It's Captain America and his newly formed Invaders team trying to take back Manhattan from AIM. Nice. And uh, they split off into some interesting little parties there because it's the first time the team's ever been together. Peggy and Cap fight side by side, and Peggy keeps trying to get Steve to open up about Bucky's betrayal. Mm-hmm. And their conversation is really interesting, too, because, you know, Peggy isn't really talking for herself right now. She's a double agent for Bucky, so Bucky's kind of, like, talking through her. Okay. And the big thing is like, look, you got to let, you know, Bucky go. He's a man now. He's making his own choices. He felt that the only way to save the world is to break it. And maybe, you know, you should respect his decision and be there to pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, they still have that redacted robot on their team. And he's hanging out with Nick Fury Jr. And like the robots becoming more and more human. <laughs> They have a whole conversation where the robot's like, do I have a political affiliation? Am I even a robot? What am I? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then just when you think that they're going to win the day, uh, MODOK, the new MODOK, a mechanized organism designed for control, uh, totally wipes their minds. And you discover that he's done this like four times before. Oh, so they've been kind of redoing the same thing over and over again. They've been in a Groundhog Day. They've almost saved Manhattan multiple times and he wipes their mind every time. Oh, that's awesome. That's very fun. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Also, new MODOK may actually be a split personality inside old MODOK that even he's not aware about, which explains why we've not seen him before. Uh, keeps wiping MODOK's mind. Yeah. Yeah, he wipes MODOK's own mind, which is like, whoa. <laughs> that's like a thing within a thing. But yeah, that book continues to be great. The Captain America books are really strong. Awesome. Awesome. And the last one I read this week was I Read Bloodline, Daughter of Blade. Oh, what was that like? I was going to pick this one up very interesting this is of course danny lore who i think i can say friend of the show because they actually follow me on twitter and everything this is interesting because obviously we were supposed to have this before with tim seeley it's just hitting now because you know blade's going to be really important later what i dig about this book is that lore actually dispenses with a lot of the regular origin story getting to know you stuff by jumping around yeah so we see briella blade's daughter 
uh, you know, when she's young and she's like, she loves all her sports and, you know, she really wants to play baseball and she has a single mother who doesn't really want to talk about uh, Blade, even though we know that they were together and were a couple once upon a time. We don't mm-hmm. really know what's going on there. We see her as a teenager. She's all gothed up now in punk, which is super cool. And she's quit all her extracurricular sports because they're not cool, man. <laughs> But then they kind of flip that on its head. Like, no, but she's still a good student, though, and she's not fighting or skipping. She just doesn't want to uh, do extracurriculars anymore, and that is because she's developed vampire powers now, and she's maybe fighting vampires on the side without telling her mother. Oh, nice. (laughs) Which means her mother has to eventually open up, and she's got one of Blade's old swords on the table, and it's like, all right, I guess I gotta tell you who your friggin' father is, and also, hey, that new exchange student who just came is also a vampire hunter and may be here to try and kill you. <laughs> is, and then we ask, is Blade still the the sheriff of Chernobyl in this? Yet, yes, he is. In awesome. fact, he's in, yes. the, he's in the final page. He's fighting vampires when Black Panther calls him. And Blade's like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to leave this, leave this because, you know, family takes precedent. <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad they've kept that. I, I just really wish they would fucking go into some detail about I know that Blade had that, like, it was like a book or a one shot or something, but I was it really... was a one shot from one of the events. I think it was an Empire tie-in. Yeah, but I, I was I'm so like disappointed that they haven't like that set up itself. Sher- like it's, Sheriff it's a great Blade concept. looking over like the nation of a vampires vampire who have taken up residence in Chernobyl. So I know it's cool. such it's a killer premise, and Blade's also like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure Dracula's back too and everything. Yeah. So that's a whole thing. And he is because there's like a shadow cabal of like vampires in Chernobyl. It's great. Yeah yeah solid premise solid book uh again if you want some blade goodness this will definitely fill the void and i imagine if this sells and does really well we'll probably get a like mainline blade book sooner rather than later also blade in this book looks a little bit more like the movie actor no really yeah still looks like blade still got the trench coat and the high fade and everything else there but looking looking a little bit more like uh like the movie version (laughs) or the movie actor i should say nice but yeah, it's good stuff. Again, you know, like to support Danny Lore on this show. They're good people. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess that'll just about do it, uh, everyone. I guess that's the show for this week. It is, yeah, I think so. Yeah, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. This was a long one, as it kind of had to be, because literally that whole James Gunn DCU <laughs> news could have been an entire show unto itself. Yeah, lots of good news. Yeah, lots of very good news. Lots of stuff we're excited for. Lots of stuff that we can't wait to hear and see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that'll just about do it for us. Thank you, everyone, for coming and hanging out with us. Thank you, everyone, who commented and kept us company. Thank you, everyone, who donated. As always, that's much appreciated. That helps us keep the lights on and everything. As always, if you want to find the show, you can find it in its entirety in both video and audio form over on Patreon. Uh, In fact, you get the video version way quicker now because of the way we've worked things. I try and get it up basically as soon as we're done. Yep. Uh, we got clips hitting the channel whenever. In fact, I should really start taking advantage of that shorts thing. You can find us on TikTok now, too. I've tried to start putting stuff up there and Instagram. I'm trying to put us everywhere. Nice. Uh, audio version of the show drops Wednesday. It's in its entirety, so you can check that out, too. I try and have that and a clip go on the same day so you know what's coming out when, and you can listen to it then. Nice. As always, you can find us here Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to watch the video in its entirety, mm-hmm. come hang out with us. It's probably the best way to uh, interact with the show and interact with us. It is, yes. Well, thank you, Chem Dog. That's much appreciated. So, yeah, that'll just about do it for us. I've been Joel. I'm Matt. 
and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. See ya.